Welcome back to Nate's Night at the Movie Podcast. Today, I am going to be talking about Misery from 1990. Now, this one is a little bit unique from the other movies I've gone through so far, because this movie I watched for the first time for the podcast. I hadn't seen it prior, and it's been a movie I've kind of wanted to see for a while. You know, I do like Stephen King movies, at least it and... um. There's a couple others as well that are decent, but this is one that I've, for some reason, I've just been putting off unintentionally, but I finally watched it. And this film, for those of you who haven't seen it, centers around an author who kind of is a representation of Stephen King, who basically is taken care of by his biggest fan, but there's something wrong about her and his biggest fan is played by Kathy Bates and I have to say that from everything I've seen her and she's just truly an excellent actress especially she does the kind of crazy scary well so this film is directed by Rob Reiner and it stars James Caan who I think most of us are probably familiar with as the dad in Elf um, as in Buddy's dad And then obviously Kathy Bates, as previously mentioned, who's also been in, you know, The Office, Titanic, American Horror Story, um, just a lot of things. And usually when she's in these films and TV shows, she's a standout performer. She does very well. So she was kind of my main draw, aside from this being a Stephen King, as to why I wanted to see this movie. So let's get into it. Our author is going on a drive in the snow. It's kind of um, reckless driving in a way, I would say. He's driving pretty fast on roads that that are completely covered with snow. And, um, of course, doesn't end well. Flies off the road, crashes into a tree, and is knocked unconscious. Now, one thing that I had probably the biggest complaint about which it's very nitpicky of me i would say but at this point we're suddenly shown the author in new york with his agent and there isn't really a transition at all to tell us that um the snowy accident and the new york city thing aren't co-occurring but what we're seeing is actually something that happened in the past but you don't pick up on that right away which kind of bugged me, but it's honestly not the biggest complaint (laughs) you can have from a movie. It's something you can look past. Once once I realized that it was like predating what we're seeing with the storm, I was like, okay. He is then rescued from his car by an unknown person who we will later find out is Kathy Bates' character, Annie Wilkes. Now, Annie, we're going to find out, is a big fan of his um, stories about Misery, this character, Misery. When the author comes to, he finds himself in a strange house. He has very broken legs, like they're very discolored. Something is very, very wrong, but they're in um, splints. And um, Annie has medication for him because she was a nurse previously, But right off the bat, like, I had some idea of where this movie was going to go, but I wasn't sure how much of a, like, a Munchausen syndrome by proxy might be involved. 
don't know how much of a, of a factor the pills actually are, but he does ultimately decide it's best not to take them. Now, right, right at the beginning, one of my big questions is, okay, she's his biggest fan, and he is probably one of his more mentally unwell fans, I would say. So right off the bat, I'm kind of curious as to how it just so happens that he crashes his car near her, that she just happens to witness it. But we're going to find out later that she was kind of stalking him and knew where he was staying and followed him. That doesn't explain the car accident because that's completely on him. But she does show up at the right place at the right time because she follows him. Now, I know we're eventually going in the direction of Annie being kind of insane at a certain level. I wasn't sure if this was going to be like a gradual reveal, but we actually, it kind of happened sooner than expected where she kind of snaps out at things that you wouldn't expect someone to get super angry and frustrated over. And she goes from like zero to a hundred very quickly, but she goes back and hides it. And he doesn't get completely bothered by it initially, but it does start to bother him over time. Now, since the author, he went up into the middle of nowhere to write his book, his company is looking for him because obviously they want to publish, they need his book, and they call the sheriff to find out what's going on. Now, so often in like psychological thrillers and horror films, police officers are often dumb, incapable of doing their jobs well. But we're going to see in this movie that this sheriff isn't actually half bad. Like initially, he looks like he's going to be like any other sheriff in a horror film where he takes a note on a sticky note about the author missing, puts it on his wall, and maybe he's going to ignore it. And that's kind of what I would expect from most films like this. But he's actually going to look into it and he's going to look into it a lot, even beyond what people kind of expect of him, which makes him really unique and I actually really like. So since Paul, the author, is kind of incapable of going anywhere right now because the roads are kind of shut down. Um, Annie says her phone line is down, but she drove into town to let everyone know where he was to not worry about him. So Paul has this manuscript, and since Annie's taking such good care of him, he's going to let her read it. But one thing that she really doesn't like is the cussing in the book, which causes her to have one of her moments of snapping on him and kind of going crazy. And I was just kind of like, okay, so this is what I've been waiting for. It's interesting because it's not necessarily scary, the way she snaps, it's like, what's wrong with her? There's clearly something wrong. But I can't tell how deep it is if she's just like, if this was like her maniacal plan all along, or if it's just happenstance that um, he was in a car accident and she was available to take care of him. Now, multiple times throughout this film, Annie's going to drive into town. And I'm surprised that Paul isn't a little bit more pushy to get her to take him. Now, obviously, he's very injured. But he's going to quick soon have, so Paul is eventually going to get a wheelchair and he's going to be able to get around a little bit more. I'm surprised he doesn't push a little harder to go into town with Annie. Although at a certain point when he does butt heads with her more, it would make more sense at that point that things aren't the way that 
they initially seemed and that he's not going to be able to get any ride into town. Now, Paul wakes up from a nap to find Annie's pig, <laughs> like licking him on the face and stuff. And now this pig is named Misery after the book, and that tells us like how big of a fan she is. Now, I don't know if this is weird at all, but this whole time I've kind of been wondering, like, how is he going to the bathroom? Like, if he's not leaving his bed at all, if she's locking him in his room, like, what is happening? And they, they do have this moment where he pulls out a pee bottle that he had under his covers and he hands it to her, Annie. And while she's talking to him, she kind of just waves it around a lot. So I thought that was pretty amusing because it was a question I kind of had that I wouldn't expect them to answer, but they did. And then it was kind of funny that the way they answered it. Now, Paul has been letting Annie read his new book since she's taken care of him and she's finished it. And this current manuscript ends with misery dying. Now she's been the main character throughout this whole series of books. And Annie is not happy about it at all. This is another moment where she snaps she smashes the furniture and shakes the bed, which clearly hurts him. And in this moment, this is where kind of like he's known stuff has been off about her, but it's gone over the edge now. And she reveals to him that no one knows he's there, that she hasn't called anyone and that she's because she's on a farm, like people aren't going to go out there and look for him. So he is just going to be trapped there for as long as she wants. And things are not looking good for Paul. Now, Paul is about to try to figure out if he can escape the situation. And as mentioned before, his legs are very, very broken. Um, so he kind of flops out of bed in order to get to the door. And I actually cringed when that happened just because the thought of having severely broken legs in multiple places and trying and like hitting the floor, hard floor like that must hurt a ton. And then he like slides himself across the floor to find that his door is locked. So he's not able to get out unless he has a key or he can pick the lock. Now, Annie being still mad about the book brings in a grill, lighter fluid and matches and tells Paul that he needs to light it on fire because she doesn't like that misery has died. She is not taking it now. He does end up burning the book, but this is more to appease her and to avoid whatever this unwell woman could potentially do if he doesn't go along with um, her plans. Because for all he knows, she could like murder him, even though his current state isn't ideal either. Now that we're kind of at a peak of distrust with Annie, Paul starts hiding. He makes a tiny hole in his mattress and starts stuffing the pills in there instead of taking them because he's not sure if they're actually helping him or if they're harming him. So Annie, now that Paul has burnt his manuscript, she's going to have him write a new book and it has to all be approved by her. She wants it to be written exactly how she wants it. And she's gotten him a new typewriter, some paper, which he tells her isn't going to work because it smudges and he shows her, which gives her a reason to go into town and him the option to try to escape. Now, Paul has found a bobby pin that Annie dropped. He's able to pick the lock and he's able to explore the house a little bit. He accidentally bumps a penguin, but he puts it back. Not exactly how he found it, though. Wink, wink. That's going to come back later. 
By the time he is about to reach the outside door, Annie is getting home, so he returns to his room and awaits her there. Now, in order to kind of create a connection with Annie that will enable him to escape later, he's going to flirt a little bit with her. She says he can use her as his inspiration for the book, and she even blows a kiss and yeah, all that stuff (laughs) where he's a little flirty, but obviously he's not into it. And she kind of knows without him knowing that he's not into it too. Now the sheriff who's been looking with his wife throughout the first part of this movie here, finally finds Paul's vehicle. So the cops find it there. They don't find the body. So they assume that he's probably buried in the snow somewhere and they presume him dead but the sheriff isn't quite ready to believe that. The sheriff sees where the car door was pried open, so someone was clearly there to help Paul get out of the car, so he must be somewhere. Now, at this point, you start to kind of hear what Paul is doing to appease Annie with his book, and I'm like, clearly this book does not make any sense, the way he's describing it, but it makes her happy, like bringing characters back from the dead and all kinds of weird stuff. And it's just really funny because she likes it a lot because it checks all of her boxes, but clearly it's not a good book in any way. Now at this point, Paul's written quite a bit of the book. So to kind of continue to romanticize Annie, he's going to ask her to have dinner with him. At this dinner, um, they have wine, they have food. Um, When Annie's not looking, Paul takes some of the pills that have been sitting in his crotch this whole time. He pours the powder into her drink and mixes it. And when she comes back, she's about to drink it. But unfortunately, she spills it all over the place. And his attempt at drugging her so he can escape has been unintentionally foiled. Now, Paul has written probably about two thirds of the book at this point. And it's a a dreary night. And Annie shows up in his room in the middle of the night. And she's clearly depressed. She says, like, she loves him, but he doesn't love her back. And um, she has a gun that she might go put bullets in. So clearly this situation is escalating a little bit, which it's triggered by her poor mental health that she's clearly not getting treatment for. This could be a very dangerous, I mean, it's already a dangerous situation for him, but it could get significantly worse very quickly if he doesn't act well. So Annie goes back into town, and while she's gone, Paul explores the house again, and he finds this like scrapbook of articles. And in the scrapbook, he finds that Annie worked with babies in a hospital where several died in suspicious circumstances, and she was eventually imprisoned for being at fault for them. Now, once again, Paul makes it back in the room before Annie returns, and he goes back to bed. But when he wakes up, things aren't the same way as they were. She has strapped him down, and she has figured out that he has been roaming the house, knowing that the penguin was not exactly the way it was. She's known this whole time that he's been exploring the house when she isn't home. To make the situation worse, One of the more gruesome situations in the movie, she hobbles him, which is basically she puts wood between his ankles and she like smashes his ankles. And it is awful to watch. I was cringing at the brutality of it. And I'm like, oof. if you thought that his legs were healing at all, well, clearly they're not now. 
Now, during this time, the sheriff has been reading Paul's books to kind of get in his head and kind of understand what kind of situation he could be in. But while he's in the sheriff's station with his wife, one day, Annie is like road raging in town and she's like yelling at a driver and the sheriff notices and they kind of joke around with their sarcasm as they normally do. So the sheriff shows up at Annie's house before Paul can do anything about it. She injects him with something to knock him out and takes him to the basement. And this is when we see a little bit of a showdown where Annie's trying to keep the sheriff outside and he's not okay with that. She tries to make him drink some hot cocoa and he refuses. He's clearly very clever looking into things she doesn't want him to look at, but he doesn't find anything. The sheriff exits the house, but just as he's leaving the house, Paul wakes up and he yells out for help, causing the sheriff to go back inside, find him in the basement. But unfortunately for him, he does find Paul, but Annie has a shotgun and she, she shoots him right through the chest. It's brutal. But honestly, that's probably the goriest thing about this film. And compared to other horror, it's not that bad. Now, at this moment, Annie tells Paul, like, hey, people are going to notice this guy is missing. They're going to come looking for him. So I'm going to kill you, and then I'm going to kill myself. But Paul convinces her to let him finish his book that he's been working on this whole film with her. Now, surprisingly enough, he does finish the book, and he has her prepare for his post-book celebration, which, as his biggest fan, she's familiar with. Now, what she doesn't know is he stole some lighter fluid while he was in the basement, stuck it in the back of his shirt. And when she's not looking, he pours it over top of his new manuscript that he's been writing. He uses the match from that was meant to light his cigarette. So clearly up to this point, she's really loved this new book that he's been working on because he's been doing it to appease her. He's been writing it just for her. Um, she doesn't know the ending, though, so when he finishes it, he <laughs> he has her come in and he lights it on fire so she won't finish it. And this is kind of when we have the final showdown of the film where he has been building up strength throughout this whole film, um, recovering from his injuries, and they get into a physical fight. They wrestle. He hits her over the head with a typewriter. She shoots him in the shoulder. They continue to fight back and forth. There are moments you think it's over, but it keeps going. And it ultimately ends with Paul taking a little trophy that looks like her pig misery and smashing her in the face with it. Again, another brutal scene. And this is the end for him and her. Paul returns to New York City and he is he mentions to his agent that he's kind of thankful that it all happened because it was an experience that kind of gave him things to be appreciative for about life and book ideas, although he doesn't want to relive the trauma of the situation with Annie in a new book. And that's just how it ends. Nothing to discuss whether if he can walk or not, because I would assume probably not considering the, the damage she did to his feet and ankles and all that. But that's the end. There are moments in this restaurant where he's talking to his agent where he imagines for a second he sees Annie and it's not Annie. 
Although the waitress comes up to the table and she's like, oh, I'm your biggest fan. And that's like a little nod to Annie and stuff she's been saying throughout the whole film. Now, the audience and critics on Rotten Tomatoes have given this film a 90% both on both terms. Um, I would agree to an extent. I think this is a really good, really good film, really well acted. You know, it's mainly just those two actors and they're both very good at what they're doing. The uncertainty of what's going to happen next. I would say I would probably give it a 9.5. There's not much I would change about this movie to make it better. I think it's a very easy watch. It's psychological thriller, but it's not scary in any way. It's just like, you know, what humans can do if put in awful situations, if seen at their worst, what kind of situations could occur. Like nothing about it is unrealistic, I would say. I think people if put in the right situation, could do something this crazy. And all in all, I would say this film is absolutely holds up. And having waited to watch it, I wish I'd seen it sooner, but it, it's definitely worth the. 